Hey everyone, and welcome to Jerry Talk, a podcast for modern caregivers juggling work, home, family, kids, and finances, all while caring for an aging parent or loved one. I'm your host, Kelly Adams, a certified senior advisor and founder and CEO of Beyond Home Care. We get how overwhelming and stressful life can be, especially when caring for an aging parent is involved. Jerry Talk is here to provide you with resources, tools, and support to help you not only survive this season of caregiving, but to thrive. So today we're continuing on with our conversation from last week all about care planning. Now, if you haven't listened to the episode last week, I would encourage you to stop right here and listen to that one first before we dive into the financial side of care planning. But if you want to go ahead and listen to this one, that's okay too. Last week, we talked about care planning and how our first step is the assessment. So today I've brought on my good friend, Lee Williams of Nowlin and Associates Wealth Management. He's going to really dive deeper into the financial side of planning for care. And I love some of the things he talks about with us because even if you're not caring for an aging loved one yet, some of these tips are really good for just general financial management. So let's jump right into that conversation with Lee. So let's just start off and you tell us a little bit about Nowlin Wealth Management and what, what you do on a day-to-day basis. So Nowlin & Associates is a 45-year-old wealth management firm that uh, was formed by Charlie Nowlin. And we are a full comprehensive wealth management firm which means we do everything from insurance, not health insurance, just life, disability. You know, we will do long-term care if that's needed. Uh, Also, we do full comprehensive plans. We do business owner planning, you know, your your typical retirement plans where you're investing in stocks and bonds. Um, We'll do annuities when appropriate. So, you know, pretty much a big, big range of, of different avenues that we can take with clients based off of a lot of partnerships that are in place and have been built over the 45 year history that we have where um, we're not, we don't have to be an expert in everything, but uh, we have access to experts. Well, and that's why we've brought you on because I'm not an expert in the financial side. And so this really is good for our audience to hear how to prepare for care for my financial state. So I think one of the biggest concerns for seniors and honestly, just everyone, uh, their caregivers, including, is just outliving their resources. It really scares people to think that they will live beyond their financial means to take care of themselves or their aging parent if they are the caregiver. So let's just start from the beginning. So what are some things that we can do to basically ensure that we won't outlive our money? I think at the, in the beginning, it, it starts with, with proper planning and um, working with an advisor to, to build some type of a formal financial plan that will detail what retirement looks like for you based on your needs, wants, and wishes, aka your goals. This incorporates all aspects, such as social security planning, what type of investments will you need, the asset allocation. I think, I think living below your means is, uh, is also very important because as, as we see all too often, people don't live below their means. If, uh, if anything, they're, they're financing a portion of their lifestyle through home equity lines of credit or credit cards. And, um, they, they may get a big raise and, and, uh, they don't, they don't bank that raise or a good portion of it. They increase their lifestyle. So I think uh, living below your means is, is very important. You know, maybe 
maybe having some type of a long-term care policy or an insurance product that acts like a long-term care policy will help mitigate future health concerns or health risk and uh, you know avoid depleting your savings and investments through having to go into some type of nursing home or needing a, a, an extended long or extended home health care situation and annuities can can help also mitigate living expenses and outliving your money you know so there are a lot of different annuities that will will pay out a stream of income for your life and also your spouse's life just depending on how you set them up that's good to think about you know i want to talk about those products but first i want to speak to a large portion of our audience um, that is probably thinking this. So a lot of times when we think of wealth management or financial planners, we have this idea that the only people who really need to be using those are the wealthy. And that is not correct. Um, Can you talk about that just for a second? Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on how you define wealthy too. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that that have, have worked hard their whole life and have accumulated a nice nest egg, whether that's 100000 or 50000 or 500000 whatever that number is, and they don't know what to do with it. They don't know how to, uh, how to, how to, how to plan for retirement, how to, you know, they got up on top of the mountain. Now, how do you get down the mountain? And that's where a financial advisor comes into the picture and helps detail, you know, how do you, how do you draw this down or, or how do you help make this last throughout retirement. And, and another thing to consider too, most wealthy people, however you define that, you know, a lot of people define it different ways, but you know, they, they, they probably had help along the way. Right. And there's, there's a reason they're, they're wealthy. They, number one, you just cause you're wealthy doesn't mean you made a whole lot of money. That's a, that's a big fallacy. There's a lot of wealthy, there are a lot of people that make a lot of money, but they spend all their money. And then there are other people. Just cause you're wealthy doesn't mean that you spend a lot of money. <laughs> Right. Yeah, that, that, that's that's true. I mean, it's, uh, you know, you can take someone who earns a modest living, but saves a lot of money and does a good job with investing and planning and living below their means and all that kind of stuff. And, and you know, they end up with more money over a period of time than someone who's making triple what they are, but they're spending everything they make. So, you know, I think you don't have to make a lot of money to accumulate a nice nest egg and have a great retirement. So regardless of income level, let's talk about some good practices or habits that we need to get into now. Yeah, I think uh, I think at the at the core, it starts with budgeting and, and realizing, you know, how much do we spend each month? Where are we spending this money? What's, what's the waste involved in our budget? You know, and a, and a typical budget involves a line item for eating out. And normally it's it's pretty bloated. There are also other other things that people waste money on, whether it's a you know a Starbucks habit, even though it's it's been a fantastic stock to own. Yeah. It uh, it's it's a it's an expensive coffee sure. and it adds up. So you know there's a lot of a lot of lot of things that you can look at in the budget, but I think it starts with budgeting and seeing where you're spending your money, and and then like I said earlier, as income rises, making sure that you resist that urge to spend more because. Most people, it's just, it's just, I guess it's ingrained yeah. in us when, when you, when you make more, it's, it's like, oh my gosh, I can, uh, I can get a better car. Mm-hmm. I can eat out more. I can go to nicer restaurants. This vacation, the vacations that we're used to taking, 
you know, we're, we're going to stay at uh, a nicer hotel from now on, things like that. And, and, and maybe every now and then you do something like that, but to immediately bump your lifestyle up for most people, I think is a mistake. And then I think getting in a good habit of, of, of paying yourself first and, and sending money to some type of a retirement account so that, you know, you get used to living off a little bit less and, and, and trust me, you will not miss the money once you get used to not having right. it. It's a lot it's a lot harder to have that money and have it taken away than as you get raises and you find wasteful areas, you know, saving that money that you, you just don't realize you, you don't you forget it's there. Yeah. And you do that for not a long period of time and you look in that account and you're like, Oh my gosh, I've I've put away, you know, a lot a lot more money than I would have thought. And it becomes something you're proud of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trending right now on social media is this no spend January. And people are trying to see how little they can spend, like on extra things. Obviously, you know, your basic necessities of food and water and rent and utilities, but it's the extras and people are trying to see how much money they can save in one month just by not spending extra. And that's a really cool concept. It is. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure that that people that are doing that are probably just going to be blown away at, at how much they really do spend on stuff they may not really need. For sure. Now, when you say to pay yourself first, I want to dive into that a little bit because you're not saying reward yourself first. You're saying put money away for retirement to put it away first. Correct. Yes. I mean, it's whether that's putting it in an IRA, whether that's putting in your savings account and building up an emergency fund, you know, whether it's having some type of an investment account that you contribute to each and every single month. And, you know, it's, it, it's a form of, if, if you have a, if you have a, a un, unforeseen expense, you can go to that account and have access to some money. But at the end of the day, that, that money that you're paying yourself first is, is meant to be for something much bigger, which is helping fund, you know, your retirement, um, later in life, which you, you've only got one, one shot at it. And, you know, if you don't get it right, you're kind of left to, to live off of social security and whatever else you can scrape by on during retirement, which, you know, could be scary for a lot of people if they don't plan right. For sure. And we've talked about before, you know, people plan to retire, but they don't necessarily plan to age and what comes along with aging. And so understanding that, Retirement alone isn't what we need to be saving for. It's that aging process that we're going to incur some doctor bills and possibly, you know, assisted living or nursing home stays and that kind of thing and and building that into the financial plan as well. Yeah. And I mean, it's just the fact that we're living longer as medicine has gotten a whole lot better over the years. And even though I think us as a population, we don't necessarily take care of ourselves better. Medicine has just come such a long way. And I mean... It's nothing now to see people living into their early 90s. That's not the the, the average, but it's very common to see people in their 90s now. And and if you retire at 65 or 62 or whatever, I mean, that's a long time to, to be without earned income. For sure. So now let's go to some of these products. So are there specific products that somebody can purchase that is going to allow for either insurance to pay for care you know, we talk about long-term care policies, but I'm thinking more of some other type of option that either the caregiver can think of for themselves as they age or even something that their parents, uh, their aging parent could be looking at. Yeah. 
you know, obviously, like you said, there's long-term care, but then in a lot of cases, certain permanent life insurance products, not term life, but permanent life insurance products could have embedded long-term care benefits. And, you know, whether that's helping with a chronic illness or a critical illness or, you know, some type of, of home health, you know, you can you could access a certain percentage of the death benefit in certain cases, depending on how the policy was structured, that that can kind of kind of supplement, you know, instead of having a long-term care policy, you can, you could effectively kill two birds with one stone. You know, I think, uh, you know, depending on the the company, certain annuities, they, they can double the payout rate that you may be getting, depending on, you know, if you can't do two of six ADLs, whether that's eating, bathing, dressing, transferring, continence, you know, those are the, those are the eight to six ADLs that we all, we all hear about and talk about. So, you know, it just depends on the company, but I'd say that permanent life insurance products look and see what the types of critical care or terminal illness benefits that you that you may have embedded in those policies. Some don't have anything, but some do. And then looking at uh, annuities that could allow you to maybe double the, the benefit base for a period of time and uh, maybe be able to help you with you know, if you had to had to go into a nursing home or something like that for a period of time. And my understanding is not all life insurance policies are created equal. That's cor- That's I think that's correct with pretty much anything right. in the financial services industry, whether it's life insurance, annuities, investments. But uh, the, the life insurance and annuities, I think, is very hard if you to understand the full products if you don't get good education on the front end with whoever you're working with and and really digging in deep and learning about the product so that if you have a an issue you can use them to their fullest for sure because like i said you know a lot of times they have certain things built into them you 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 already have it at your disposal you just you just have to dig in into it and learn a little bit about it and um hopefully you never have to use it but you know it can be a lifesaver for a lot of people so say like a, a life insurance policy and you you've got a let's just say the death benefit on that on that permanent product is half a million dollars you may get to you may get an advancement based off of whatever you have if you qualify for the advancement maybe you could get up to 50 percent or something like that of the death benefit on the front end you know because the permanent product if if you if you've held it for you know a long time the insurance company's looking at it from the standpoint we're going to have to pay this out anyway right it's just we're paying it out a little bit earlier than what we, you know, may have may have had to pay it out or, or a certain percentage of it. So, you know, it's uh, it's a great benefit. That is a great benefit. And they're not, they don't all have it, but some of them do. Well, and what about like someone who's listening who has an aging parent that has a whole life policy, but it doesn't have a product like this on it? So can we move one policy into another is that an option it can be an option it just it just depends obviously on the circumstances and and the product that that you have but yes i mean there are companies that will do uh you know transfers where you can move one permanent product into another what's more common though is moving from a permanent product life insurance product into maybe an annuity okay that uh that that does happen a decent amount. That I would say that's that's probably more prevalent than than doing the other. So tell us a little bit about annuities because that word tends to scare people, and I think that um, annuities used to be scary and have come a long way. So let's break down what is an annuity. How do, can you use an annuity? 
number one, an, an annuity is an insurance contract. It is, it is, it is through an insurance company. So you, you need to understand that first and foremost. And I think when you're, when you're dealing with annuities, you want to make sure that you're dealing with strong insurance companies because not all companies are the same and annuities are a big world, but to keep it simple, there are a couple of main types. One is an index annuity, which is basically credited based off of how some underlying index does, whether that's an S&P 500 or there's a million other indexes out there that they can be attached to. But you basically get credited off of the end, however that index that you're attached to does with no downside. So, you know, the market or the index could go down 10% and you stay where you were. The index goes up, you know, 10%, maybe you get a certain percentage of that upside, depending on how the how the annuity is built. In some cases, you can get, you know, really good upside, but, you know, like you said, not 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 all these products are the same. Um, there's another type of an annuity, which is a variable annuity. Those are actually invested in the market and in investments. Variable annuities tend to have more expense associated with them. And there are, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of people that don't like the variable annuities because of that. You can have the I'd say the last type of annuity that I would I bring people's attention to is a is an income annuity where you and, and sometimes you can have an index annuity that that has an income feature attached to it or a variable annuity with an income feature attached to it. But uh, income annuities they pay out an income stream, and that can be for a certain period of time. That could be for your whole life. That could be for your and your significant other's um, entire life. So, you know, there's a there's a lot of ways to structure them. But if you if you stick to those few fundamentals, you'll understand the concept behind different annuities, and then digging into them deeper as you uh, you look and see what's what's most beneficial for your needs. Well, and it sounds like if you are concerned about outliving your means, then some sort of income annuity might be the right fit for you because you would, based on what the product is, I mean, you could have a steady stream. Yeah, I mean, you know, an income annuity, I think, I think does a few different things. So nowadays, a lot of companies don't have a pension plan, right. plan anymore. You know, it, we've gone to from defined benefit plans to defined contribution plans, aka 401k, 403b, you know, those type of plans, which we're all familiar with nowadays. And so when people lost their pension, you know, where companies aren't paying them out a certain amount of income for the rest of their lives when they retire, their pension effect, effectively becomes Social Security and, and whatever else they put away in their 401k or 403b plan or IRAs. And so an annuity could help, you know, be some form of a pension for people that are are really nervous about investing in the stock market, not comfortable with the volatility. Um, annuities are also great for what's called sequence of uh, returns, where if if you retire and you have in your first few years of retirement, a bad market environment that drops down your portfolio and plus you're taking withdrawals out, it can create what's called a sequence of return risk that could be detrimental to your portfolio. Um, you're a whole lot better, believe it or not, to have a bad market environment midway through retirement or later in retirement than right on the front end. And so if you if you do have an annuity, an income annuity, that can help, you know, could help mitigate that, that uh, sequence of returns risk. 
and then obviously longevity is uh, is is a is a big factor in in people purchasing annuities. But I would I would look at them as a form of a maybe a privatized pension program. Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. This is all really good information. I think that a lot of caregivers, they kind of see the good, bad, and the ugly side of care. And a lot of times I hear, you know, I don't want to put my kids through the same thing that I went through. Or not to say that caregiving is a horrible thing, but we we tend to learn from our mistakes, right? What is it? The uh, Maya Angelou quote, when we know better, we do better. For a lot of people who are listening and they're not near retirement, but you know, they're starting to think about that now. What are some things that we should think about with our own future financial health? I think, I think first and foremost is just going and, and talking to someone and laying everything out on the table and trying to get ahead and plan and build a plan, something that it makes sense for you, something that is achievable. Um, and I think also what, what's crucial in anything is managing expectations and making sure that, you know, your expectations are realistic in terms of what you're wanting to be able to accomplish later in life from a retirement and longevity standpoint versus, you know, what, uh, what you're actually able to do. Um, so I think the earlier you get started doing that, the better. And, and also I think another thing, and this isn't really financial related, but is health, you know, take good care of yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, there's certain things that are out of our control, obviously, you know, we know, we all know people that have done everything right from their eating and exercising and they end up getting some type of a terminal illness that, uh, you just never would have, never would have expected. But, you know, to be able to, if you take good care of yourself as best you can, hopefully that helps cut down some of the expenses in, in, uh, retirement from a, a healthcare standpoint, you know, maybe, Maybe you can take care of yourself until you're 90-something years old and you don't have to have help. If you eat better, maybe you, you don't end up getting some type, some form of diabetes. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a, lot, of, a lot of good things that more good than bad that comes from obviously taking, taking better care of yourself. Right, right. Yeah, and I think that through this whole segment that we're doing on just planning for care, that's the key. It's intentional planning. And so I think that talking about financial health up front, understanding where mom and dad's finances are, that's a big part of this too. When we get to a place where mom and dad can no longer pay their own bills or maybe they need help with their finances, what are some of the first few steps that we should take in order to assist with paying bills and managing mom and dad's finances? I think first and foremost, before it gets to that point, trying to see let let mom and dad and 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 you talk about everything lay everything out on the table and try to get an idea of you know what what could happen um what are the options if things don't go like you like you expect um you know whether that is them coming and living with you if if you're looking for a new house maybe you you look for a house with an in-law suite you know i think i think a lot of houses have those now Mm -hmm. but uh you know, that's not ideal, obviously, for a lot of people, but uh, for some people, it does make sense. You know, I think something that has gained popularity over the years, which is not where I would start by any means, it'd be a last last resort is, you know, looking at the value of the, the home that mom and dad live in and looking into, you know, if we had to, what does a reverse mortgage look like? And, you know, that's, 
like I said, I would not start there, but just being able to get all the facts and all the options on the table so that, you know, if things go to an area that uh, requires money and, and money that you, you or they may not have, you know, just being able to make sure you've got a game plan and, and you've got all the options on the table and sometimes monetizing a, a house can, can help. Well, and I think what you just said is really key because the whole point is to get the options, to understand where everything is. Knowledge is power. And that's what we try to tell our listeners is that this is all about just understanding all of the options. And it doesn't mean that you necessarily have to go with an annuity or a long-term care plan or a you know, reverse mortgage. But as long as you know that that's there and you understand it and you've got good professionals behind you who are educating you correctly, that's what we want. We want to give you as much information as we can so that you can thrive in this environment. Yeah, I agree. And there's a lot of ways to accomplish your goals, like you said. And at the end of the day, it is doing the doing the due diligence, taking time and getting all the facts. And then from there, I think it's it, it'll be pretty clear for most people, you know, what, what am I supposed to do? Um, but just having the motivation to get to that point for a lot of people, it's hard. It normally takes some type of a crisis or it takes, you know, getting to the end of the road and, and now you're wanting to retire and like, Oh, what do I do at this point? Um, or someone who is, uh, is getting sick and they look at their bank account and they're like, I don't know if I can afford to pay for this, Mm -hmm. but yeah, just on the front end doing as much work as you can. From an estate perspective, you know, how do we make sure that all the financial items are allocated correctly for when our loved one is no longer here? You know, I I unfortunately see some of the the bad side of this. So what do we need to know on the front end that to make sure that things are done right? I think, I think the first thing is, is just making sure that, that there's a will and that the will is legal and it's updated because things change. Um, I think, on a yearly basis, reviewing how your assets are titled and, and who the beneficiaries may be or contingent beneficiaries may be. Um, you know, it's, 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 I'll tell you what's real common is somebody may have a life insurance policy and maybe they, maybe they got a divorce a few years ago and, and they haven't revisited mm-hmm. who the beneficiary is on that life insurance policy. Maybe they're remarried at this point. Right. And, you know, that's a, uh, that that'd be a bad situation to, to 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 be in if if you if something happened and all you had to do was just review your your accounts once a year and your financial advisor if you work with one should be doing that anyway and uh, I mean those are just unforced errors you know not having a will and not having a review done of 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 your accounts and how they're titled and and who the beneficiaries are and then um, I would say something that that really becomes important. If there's an accident or later in life, if you cannot perform certain activities is looking into power of attorney. And, um, you know, my grandmother was sick, I guess, uh, for the last several years, she passed away a little more than a year ago, but she, she, she on the front end, um, got power of attorney documents drawn up. And so when she couldn't, she got to the point where she couldn't sign anything Mm -hmm. and, she was able to still conduct business. Her mind was all right. It was just her, her body was not. And so that alleviated a lot of things on my dad's family from 
you know, being able to conduct her affairs because she had, they'd already gone through, you know, power of attorney, making sure that, uh, that the will was done correctly, assets were titled. And so when it came time to, you know, after she passed away to, to probate her estate, you know, for, that's a pain anyway, yes. but it, it went, it went smoothly for, you know, what it is. And so, you know, whoever, whoever probates your estate, if you don't have a will, it will be a nightmare on them. Yes. And, and, and I can assure you, they will not be happy with you. And it's not, it's not a hard thing to get done. It's, it's an unforced error if you don't have a will. Yeah. Um, so those are, I think, a few things that are easy to do and are just fundamental to estate planning. Yeah, I think it's important for a, a few things to say a few things here. So for one, a lot of people don't like to have these conversations because some people are superstitious and they think the minute that they talk about death or the end of life, then that's going to happen. And that's a very real fear. And then some people don't like to bring up uncomfortable topics and they just don't know how to bring that about. And, and so a lot of times we will we'll see this with clients. I think what's important is that you can bring in a professional like Lee to help kind of be that third party if needed. The other part of it, though, is that there's so much at end of life care, if you will, that we cannot control. We can't control how a disease is going to progress with us. We can't control when, you know, we'll be um, taken from this earth. But we can control some of this documentation on the front end that says what we want to happen. And I think that is key for somebody who is losing a lot of independence and losing a lot of control. This gives them some control back to be able to say, this is what I want to happen. And this is not what I want to happen. 100%. Absolutely. Uh, Unforced errors. Yes. You know, and and they happen all the time. They do. Unfortunately. And they're sad too to see. And that's the other thing I'd, I'd like to say is that You know, it's sad to see a family when they should be grieving a loss and they should be able to go through the grief process. It it can bring a lot of strife in a family and a lot of a lot of anger and frustration to have to go through some of these things. And it, it can unfortunately be really ugly with some families. And so if everything's laid out, then it just makes it so much easier for whoever's prorating the estate, for whoever is left to make decisions. I, I mean, I cannot stress that enough, how many times I see it just go the opposite way. Yeah, and it's not just for people that are older. I mean, younger people that uh, that have families or have assets, getting a will, especially if you have kids. Yes. Because if something happens to the husband and the wife, they're on a vacation or whatever, and the kids aren't with them, and... Now, if you don't have a if you don't have a will dictating who you want to have custody of the kids, and um, you know if you have insurance money where that money goes and how it's handled, you've got a you've got two families fighting over who gets their grandkids, right? And that's just not how, like you said, that's that's now now people are upset already because they just lost lost loved ones, and all you're doing is compounding the problem with you know, now there are kids involved and there's money involved. And anytime you have money and kids or just one of them, there's always conflict if things are not drawn out correctly. And so it's not just for older people. It's, you know, these are things for younger people too. Absolutely. It's one of the first things that my husband and I did when we found out we were pregnant. And I, I meet people all the time who are younger, who have children, and they don't have wills. And a lot of them, they don't want to do it because they don't want to have to make the decisions. And guys, I'm telling you, 
if you don't make the decision, it's going to be made for you. And, um, and it's, it's not going to go the way you want it. These are documents. These are things that are necessary. These are topics that are, yes, they are sad to think about and they're sad to talk about, but let's not pretend that it doesn't happen. Yeah, it happens every day. It happens every day. Lee, I know we've talked about resources before and, you know, I, I just, I cannot say how much I think that a good financial advisor is probably the number one resource that we should tell people. I mean, do you have anything else you want to add to that? No, I would just say, you know, your team, whoever that whoever that team is, your advisor, the people that they're surrounded with, you know, whoever your lawyer is, those people I think are your best resources. You know, a lot of uh, a lot of things on the internet can be very misleading. I mean, you you know, t- we're talking about health. You can have a headache and and go on the internet and and diagnose yourself with the worst type of cancer and you know the worst <laughs> yeah. disease there ever is out there so you know that don't think that that doesn't happen in the financial industry too so oh, um, yeah. i would just identify people you trust and people that you enjoy working with and let those be your best resources yeah for sure lee if somebody wants to get in touch with you or someone else in nallen and associates how would they get in touch with you the easiest way to get in touch with me is by email, and my email is lee at nowlin, n as in Navy, O, W, L, I, N as in Navy, W, M as in Mike.com. I would say that's the, the quickest and easiest way to get in touch with me. I'm going to add that email to the show notes too, so that if anyone is listening and you know you want to hear more from Lee or understand more what he can do for you from a wealth management perspective so that you can get in touch with him. But Lee, we so appreciate your resources and, uh, and your time today with Jerry Talk. Thanks, Kelly, for having me on. Lee Williams is a registered representative and investment advisor representative offering securities and investment advisory services solely through Emeritus Investment Corp. AIC, member FINRA-SIPC, a registered broker-dealer and registered investment advisor. AIC and Nowlin & Associates Wealth Management Lee Williams are not affiliated. Additional products and services may be available through Lee Williams or Nowlin & Associates Lee Williams that are not offered through AIC. Representatives of AIC do not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax advisor or attorney regarding your circumstances. Hey, thanks for joining us today on Jerry Talk. Subscribe to Jerry Talk so you never miss an episode. Join us next week as we continue on our mini series of care planning. But until then, have a great week.